0: The Digital Salon is a curation of listening experiences produced by the alumni and affiliated members of the Urban Humanities Initiative at UCLA. Even as urban space reinvents the enclosure, season two seeks out collectives situated in the city. If our first season asked how the pandemic is a portal, in our second, we asked how within such a time can we gather and what do we share? In this podcast that we call Collective, we tune into the knowledge that communal work transmits in polyvocal frequencies and interlocking scales. We're your hosts, I'm Gus Wendell.
1: And I'm Jacqueline Barrios. And for our second episode, UHI alum, Dr. Brady Collins and professor of political science at Cal Poly Pomona tells a story about collective struggle during the pandemic by tuning in into the ways the coalition Healthy LA navigates the bureaucratic dissonance of a call-in public comment system. Caller with a phone number ending in four five four nine five zero, please press star six. Calling user one, please press star six. Hi, did you call? Please state your name and the item you'd like to speak on. Hi,
2: Speaker, it's very difficult to understand you.
3: Um, okay. Um, my, I'm, I'd like to comment on item 43 and general public comment.
2: Okay. So you have one minute for each, and I think you have your volume on on another device. Please turn it down. We're getting some feedback.
4: Hello? Um,
1: firstly, just a heads up
3: the phone line we can't hear anything the meeting audio is coming in really garbled and so if that's why if that if you get a bunch of people confused during public comment that's why um i can't hear you so i'm just going to go ahead and say my comment. um firstly on item 43 i uh, just want to urge the council to move as fast as possible um, i don't
1: know if these are procedural delays or lack of will on the council's part um, but L.A. residents have been watching in horror, as you all have wasted over a month on this while unhoused people are dying. So please stop wasting time house people now in hotels. Um, moving on to my general public comment, I want to urge you all to
5: According to a recent census survey, more than half of all people in Los Angeles experienced a COVID-related loss of household income. And by the end of 2020, hundreds of thousands of tenants were behind on rent. Thus, while the public health risks of the pandemic appear to be subsiding, there is an eviction crisis that looms on the horizon. At some point, the bill for unpaid rent will be due, and low-income tenants who are already severely rent burdened and still without steady income simply will not be able to pay it back. They will end up homeless or caught in a cycle of debt for years. Back in March 2020, when COVID-19 first hit California, a network of organizations across Los Angeles County came together with a shared concern for how best to address the social and economic impact of the pandemic. The group called themselves Healthy LA and quickly established a recurring set of weekly Zoom meetings to organize a campaign for the city of LA to, quote, cancel rent. Kiwa, the organization I belong to, is a member of Healthy LA and part of the cancel rent campaign. Because public meetings of government bodies have turned remote, one of our tactics in Healthy LA is to call in and provide public comment and demand the city take action to protect tenants. I'm on the line waiting for my turn to speak. I've got my script in front of me and the meeting's agenda so I know which items to comment on. I've noticed that during the pandemic and especially in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, Angelinas have become particularly civically engaged. The public comment portion of some of these meetings can last as long as two or three hours. Because the pandemic has touched so many lives in so many different ways, there are literally hundreds of people calling in each week to comment on one, two, or sometimes several agenda items. And yet they are often plagued by technical difficulties, making it difficult to hear and participate in the meeting. Some folks just call in to share their frustrations. Sometimes the frustration turns into anger and even hate. And listening to the public comments each week, it's upsetting to hear so much pain in the voices of my neighbors. But I also grow weary listening to what seems to me like misplaced or unproductive hate speech. Whether I get a chance to speak myself or not, I often end these calls wondering whether our message is getting across whether our collective is being heard, being recognized. To help me think through these dynamics, I spoke with a friend and colleague of mine, Carla De Pas, who co-founded an organization to help respond to the COVID-19 related economic crisis. Can you describe CPC and how CPC first got involved with Healthy LA? Like what, like thinking back to that, moment like what what was going on
3: okay yeah so the community power collective also known as cpc um we're a small grassroots um organization based in, in east l.a Boyle heights but we do work across the city but we organize with tenants we organize with uh workers in the informal economy most notably street vendors but also um, mariachis in Boyle Heights to win community control of land and housing and a solidarity economy. You know, we, we exist <laughs> because of crisis and need, like early in, in, the, in 2020, like right before the pandemic hit. It was hard. It was really hard uh, because none of us had a lot of like experience with, you know, forming a, a new entity we didn't as organizers we didn't get paid to work from may to august so we were volunteer organizers um and so it was right at the beginning of the pandemic it was right like when folks were really scared folks were losing their jobs our community members were losing jobs and there was a meeting one night like one evening like at eight o'clock that that la voice kind of held down organized and a lot of us jumped on and that's when the idea came about you know like even with street vending like we were worried about this the crackdown on street vendors but the biggest concern street vendors had was their rent they were just like well, yeah, we're yeah like we we don't want to get tickets but what's worrying us the most is that we can't work and we can't pay our rent so it definitely felt necessary to ask us to have a space um where that issue was was what we were going to be working on and like movement building around this idea of cancellation of rent and that there was a lot of other cities, a lot of organizers saying like, this is what our, our communities also need. And, and it's been building like the past year, we've been building towards actually having like real policy platform, real strategy around something that like right off the bat, the city council said is not, is not possible.
1: Caller with the phone number ending in seven, seven, one, nine, please press star six
4: yeah it's eric frevin uh, i'd like to speak on the available items and, and also report that we've not been able to hear a lot of the meeting which to me meets a falls beneath the standard fall well, i don't know you know mr ridley thomas likes to make big so, so thank
2: mm-hmm. you mr Previn, thank you so the items that are open are 119, 22 36 38 through 43 the rule 23 and then general public comment so you have three minutes followed by one minute for general public comment please stick to the items
4: The, uh, the Rule 23 means that you made some findings that there was no way you could have known in advance that you're gonna apply for a FEMA loan for $75 million that will be reimbursed. But how is that money going to be spent? How are the public supposed to know? I mean, I know that Mr. Ridley Thomas is trying to get people up and off the street. We took note of Measure H, which was a lot of his handiwork, which has been a embarrassing failure, by the way and the oversight there could not be worse he's installed john namo the former controller who was chased around by him at the county to be one of the overseers and even the overseers themselves are appalled at the lack of coherent reporting or anything meaningful for the public to determine what we're doing beyond spinning our wheels we are so desperate it is appalling and then he just keeps banging the drum for
0: more money and more reason When the stay-at-home order
4: hit, you know, when
5: things got really bad and the economy shut down, what, how did the work of organizing change? Like, how did CPC shift and still do its work with now all of these restrictions telling you where you couldn't couldn't be and how many people you couldn't couldn't be around because right organizing is like all about being around people right
3: right i think at first we're like damn yeah how i remember some folks just being like well we're not going to be able to do stuff like um i mean we were all scared i was scared even to like with the direct services you know to be around people and and at the same time it's like well this this is the moment where we're organizing is needed the most we're like this is the moment where people need to stay most connected i think we as a team were already pretty pretty well versed with zoom because we used it a lot it was a little it it was some trial and error but we actually like figured it out pretty quick just how to get folks on zoom like we did a little manual like with pictures of like how to download it onto your phone um and once people had it on their phone it was easy to just send them a link what's been harder for us is like the digital organizing It's still not that easy for our community, for community members to call in to City Hall. It's really hard, like those systems. It's just like, you have to call, you have to press so many things to get to where you need to go. They're not, neither the county or the city have like interpretation throughout the whole like, you know, process. You get interpretation once you're in, but to get in, like all the instructions are in English. It's been really frustrating to have like sometimes 30 street vendors waiting in line to make a public comment around their rent and to not get one person in. It was beautiful Like with, throughout the history of the Street Winter campaign to be able to fill up City Hall you know, with 300 people. And that's just not possible right now.
2: Of course, you have a minute for each. Please begin.
0: I just want to say shout out Rob Kwan, who certainly has a much better understanding of uh, city government and uh, the legalities of bringing agenda items and editing edit items uh, maybe you should all hire Rob Kwan or at least listen to him when he talked about these things, because I also want to note that there was a provision in yesterday's motion uh, about the $32 million that included something about um, council offices needed to send recommendations to the CAO's office by March 5th. No one that we spoke to in the city understood what that provision was. So I'm not entirely sure if it's incompetent or just plain evil, but like you all just don't know what the f- is going on at City Hall. That's just a simple matter of fact. Like how, how did no one know what, the recommendations need to go by March 5th? Rob Kwan is calling- The it experience
5: like, oh, of no calling into City did. Hall or City Council to give public comment, you know, waiting hours almost to, to get on. And listening to people call in and say wild, like angry, but like almost nonsensical stuff. And then uh, they shut down public comment because people were using racial slurs and like people that are not related to what Healthy LA is calling in for, or other people are calling it for. But it just made me think about like our collective but then how maybe the city council, like, views all of these, like, voices calling in as just this, like, muddled collective that they can't really differentiate between because it's just all of these angry voices and, like, worrying that, like, our message gets lost and all of this anger and and public comments of, of other people. Like, how, how do you think about that? like dilemma of we're trying to do this like digital organizing advocacy and, and like we're we have to force it through this crazy context and Yeah. How do you think about that?
3: It makes it it definitely makes it different. Um and for a while I I had also been like frustrated, especially with like City Hall, um with LA City Council meetings on on how, like on the purpose of public comment, at least in my experience, like with street vending stuff, it's like a lot of these council members have already made up their mind by the time the council meeting is happening. It's been really frustrating for years now to see like a manipulation of, of people's, like, you know, rights to comment impact um, policy that, that's gonna impact their lives. Um, so that's been frustrating and it's definitely even more like a parent more like just yeah it's more apparent now because I've experienced different offices you know elected offices in both the county and the city having the power to support folks get on to public comment like being able to say oh these folks are actually like we we want to make sure that people who are impacted get to speak on it you know and we've been asked at the board of supervisors office to be ready like or you know can you give us a list of folks that should speak on this issue And they can do it both ways, right? Like if there's an issue and there's people for and against it, they have the power to make sure there's a balanced opinion. Um, So they can do that and they like choose not to. Um, I feel with LA City Council, they know like these, these folks that call just to say malicious things. They know who they are, they know their phone numbers. So I feel like they make choices about who gets to speak and how the time gets used and i feel like it's manipulated you know it's manipulated to kind of just check like a box of a public comment so i've been thinking about that a lot like it's it's there's a lot of work we have to do ahead of time before the day of meetings to really impact the process
2: you have three minutes for items 1 19, 22 36.
1: i already heard moron may I continue please before you interrupt me again you that's have... why i said all items you have now, regarding all the money that has been stolen due to the so-called COVID corruption in LA to bail the fools off for their $800 million deficit, um, I don't think HUD or any federal government should provide you assistance until you spend from the general fund that you keep recycling with Mr. Uh, budget Man. That affects a negative impact in the report. So I just want to let you know. Are you listening, mommy? Because those people were telling you, stop wasting the money and put it to the homeless issue, because it's only getting worse. And Donald Trump was right. You just need to learn the First Amendment. Now I want to go to my general public comment, you go idiot. ahead.
5: Go ahead, speaker.
1: Thank
5: you, you Union. You have the word collective in your name, Community mm-hmm. Power Collective, and you're part of the Cancel Rent Collective. <laughs> what does the word collective mean to you?
3: Just like the opposite of everything. We're like socialized to think, you know, in this country, the individualism, um, the individualism that comes with the capitalism, but the idea that like the, the good of a group of people can be like the good for myself that we need all we all need to like do work we all need to carry work to be able to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish and it's hard like we're realizing like wow we're so socialized there's so much unlearning to do um and how and how we actually build our own capacities to make decisions you know to have real ass opinions uh about things
5: What do you think makes a collective powerful or successful?
3: I think, um, I think you have to have like strong, like infrastructure and like strong decision-making processes um, that are very like clear and transparent because we're again, because it's, we're, we're not socialized to make decisions together and we're used to having like someone else be the ultimate decision maker or were you having power to be the ultimate decision maker? And when you're trying to unlearn and break that down, like there has to be a clear way for people to feel like their voice is being heard, that their like opinion matters, you know, that they that they, there's a clear process to um, have open like debate about things. So being able to sit comfortably in tension and contradictions but then having parameters, having like clear ways of getting through them. That's actually, in my experience, probably like the most important thing. Like a lot of conflict mediation, a lot of a lot of ways for people to really be able to bring out like their grievances or their disagreements. Because if not, then people kind of like, you know, keep stuff to themselves, build resentments. And then you kind of have a facade of collectiveness or collective decision making. And it's only maybe a smaller group of people who actually have the power to make decisions because you're not you don't have a way to work through differences if i can please begin
2: please begin
3: thank
1: you um so it's been 36 days since this was uh since item 43 and fema was introduced uh to Uh, everyone to use and in that time approximately 180 unhoused people have died so thanks for acting with urgency it's raining right now today which means more unhoused people are going to die of hypothermia Um, i do appreciate president martinez's language and that this is an improvement on ms raman and mr bonin's original proposal and thank you for passing that unanimously I need you to pass this now and act with urgency because people are dying and we can make a huge, huge dent in solving our homelessness crisis because RV bans and subjecting them to sweeps are not how you solve the problem. Um, Thank you. So thank you, President Martinez. Thank Thank you, Mr.
5: And how, how has the pandemic changed the way you think about, you know, building collective power and collective struggle?
3: There's definitely a lot of, we've been doing a lot of reflection around service, right? Like direct service. Sometimes service work also gets used by the state to like appease radical organizing, but this pandemic was like, it was just very, very needed. Like it, there was no getting around it. There was no um, way to, like folks were in need. Folks are dying and we're, we're organizing because we want to build a better world and like, this pandemic showed us that the world that exists is not good enough. The structure the you know, everything around us is not is not um, is not prepared, like we're not prepared to like deal with these this type of crisis. So definitely a lot of reflection on how as and we're a new org, like what what are the service components that we want, that we that our community needs in this moment? How do we make sure that those are grounded in like transformation of our society?
5: I'm humbled by my conversation with Carla. I understand that organizers like her are doing the tough, often unacknowledged work of channeling and mobilizing anger and frustration in a strategic way in order to affect change. I'm fairly certain she's on hold like I am right now, waiting for her turn to speak. Any moment now. Patience, I tell myself.
1: Yeah, that concludes um... Public comment for today's meeting.
0: Tune in next week for the next episode of the Digital Salon Podcast, so The Collective.
1: To discover the archive behind this episode, visit our website, digital salonpodcast.org. It's so sweet.
0: It's all right so, so
1: sweet. For them. Mm-hmm. so t-